You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. People are already crying in this place, and I love it. That's so good. How are you? Everybody good? Yeah, okay. Wow, We're, here we go. All right. Um, my name is Chasen. I'm one of the pastors here. This is my lovely bride. Y'all make some noise for Casey Callahan right now. Wow! All right. Uh, if you're watching online, what's up? How are you? So good to see you. If you don't know this, people are all over the world, no lie, uh, tuning in and watching this week after week, and we get to communicate with them and network with them. It's part of my job, and, and I just I love um, just meeting new people uh, in the community as well. If you're new here, welcome, you guys. We are so honored that you are here. So uh, we got a lot to, like, just open up today, <laughs> yeah. all right? And so um, we are, um, we're big in the family ministry department. This family pastor here. Uh, I was in that role for a while. Me and her sort of tag team a little bit more now. I do more outreach stuff, but we wanted to give you a little housekeeping stuff a little bit, and we were backstage going, how can we give you all this stuff? And the best way to tell you, if you have kids, birth through college of any sort, right? Um, what we would like for you to do, get the app, please, and download that. Look in that. We have camps that are coming up that are registrations about to close that you need to be a part of. And then just on Sunday mornings um, at any of our locations, we have a Greenville campus as well. Our online, we, in, we encourage you to come on campus be a part of those environments because we do a, uh, I'm proud of our team. I really am very proud of our team, of what we offer for your kid. And I see a couple of kids in here and stuff. That's great. But I promise you, in there, they're going to get it more. They're going to understand it more. And they're going to have a lot more fun if they're in that, in that department. So I encourage you to do that. Take advantage of that Sunday nights for youth, 6th through 12th grade. So get the app. It's all in there. That way you don't have to hear me talk about that, and you can get to the good stuff. So um, let's, let's just dive in this, okay? We are embarking on this series called It's Just a Phase, and as you can tell by our video there, we're going to show it every single week because we believe that it tells a story that a lot of us can relate to. Some of us don't have kids. Some of us um, are, you know, I talked to tons of grandparents after the first service, um, and they said we man, we just sort of missed all those phases. Mm-hmm. And I wish, like, I'm starting to get emotional because one person said, I wish I could rewind and do it again. And um, so this series is very personal for a lot of people, with kids, without kids. Like I told the first service, if you are sitting there and you're like, I'm single, ready to mingle, this has nothing to do with me, right? If that's something that come across your head, maybe not in those words, but if that's <laughs> something that, that you started thinking, you probably need to pay attention because God probably wants to speak to you today about something. If you are saying this doesn't portray to me, that's probably God saying, no, this is coming to you and Satan don't want you to hear it. So um, wherever you are online or in this room, today you get to be a part of a conversation that we start called the Phase Initiative, okay? Uh, it's a four-part series that we're going to do. And I... I Casey's talking through this. We're going to have other people sit at the table throughout this series, which I'm really excited about, so you hear different voices um, and people speaking into this thing. But Casey is an expert at this, you guys. I mean, she... Literally, like my note (laughs) says, I am no expert. (laughs) (laughs) 
to me, she gets to sit at my table all the time, and it blows me away how much uh, work that she has put into this, but it also it blows my mind how much you know. She's done studies, went to courses, and things like that. I mean, this girl uh, writes a curriculum for other churches. I mean, she, this girl knows it, and COVID has sort of did this for us for a little bit, and now we're getting back into the rhythm of it. And I think it's good for our church to have, A, have you on the team because of your knowledge, but also your desire and your help or your desire and passion to help families of all shapes, all sizes, broken, uh, just to raise kids and families that are putting God first. And so I appreciate that first and foremost, just outside of my wife, but um, you are great at this phase initiative stuff. And so can you start by just explaining, these are real colorful, by the way. Yeah, I like these. But what, what is this phase initiative so we can sort of get started? Okay. So I, I am kind of a dork when it comes to this stuff. Like I guess, <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah. I get super excited about it. The first time that I heard the research on this, I think it was 2015, um, and it literally broke me. God convicted me so much. I had... Um, it's so funny, I have an almost three-year-old right now that's very difficult, and I had a really difficult three-year-old in 2015, too, <laughs> and I remember I would just get so frustrated with her, and I wanted her to be like me, who at the time was, you know, a 35-year-old woman. I wanted her to act like me, and I was so upset when she didn't. I just, mm. why can't you just sit there? Why can't you just tell me what's wrong? And I was so frustrated, and I I heard this research for the first time, and God convicted me big time. God made her to be a three-year-old, not a 35-year-old. And basically, the phase initiative says that, um, so in these jars, this represents a, a newborn baby. When a newborn baby comes home from the hospital, we have 936 weeks until they turn 18. And I know in almost every situation, as soon as they turn 18, you're not packing them up and sending them out and never talking to them again. But what happens is over time, parents or the home's influence lessens and the outside influence comes in. And so um, in these, there's small pieces of tissue. This one has 936. Each of that represents a moment in time that God has given us for those frustrating three-year-olds, <laughs> for the mouthy 10-year-olds, for the 14-year-old that doesn't look up from his phone, we have a week. And God created them the way they are. And we have a unique window of time that we can relate to them on that level because when it's gone, it's never coming back. Right now, my two-year-old that's about to turn three, she was the best baby in the entire world. Like I I would put her in a contest. She was such a good baby. Oh my word, (laughs) y'all. What happened to her? She has forgotten all of her words. All she can do is scream. All she can do is get frustrated right now. But I do that too. Her latest thing, she's learned to roll her eyes and says, I told you. And (laughs) she's not even three yet. And I am saying this is just a phase. This is just a phase. This is just a phase. And I say it as a mantra of like, okay, this is going to end soon. Yeah. But this is going to end soon because I have a 10-year-old that sometimes I wish would forget her words because they're so (laughs) sassy. And I'm like, man, I wish I could go back to the time Mm. where all I had to do was pick her up and cuddle her. Mm. 
and I could fix all of her problems. And I can't do that anymore. So if I'm not careful, the phase that I'm in, I'm going to wish away. I'm going to completely miss it. And God has created a window of time for me to connect with my kids. And this, while we're talking, we're going to aim a lot of it at parenting and family. But in this room, you guys know that this is true. This is God's way of telling us that time moves on. Whatever stage of life you're in, if you're waiting to get married, if you're waiting to meet the right person, if you're waiting to have kids or trying to decide if you even want to have kids, if you're waiting to get your kids out of your house, (laughs) if you have already had your kids move on, all of it is a phase. And if we're not careful, if we don't use Mm -hmm. the time God's given us, we're going to miss it. And I will just say, because I forgot to say it first service, and I'm not going to forget it this time. So we have a table Um, at the Connection Center here, right outside those doors. We have some phase profiles set up that are eerily accurate about um, babies through 12th graders. When you read them, you're like, holy moly, how did they get in my house and find this out? (laughs) Um, I encourage you to take pictures of those um, and look at them. And uh, we also have some printouts of some things, simple things from when do I start giving chores to my kid, what some age-appropriate things they can do around the house, cell phone agreements, a feelings wheel, which has been great That's for huge. us, um, especially during COVID and the pandemic. So many kids are coming home and they just don't have the words to say how they feel. And if you look at this wheel, it really helps you pinpoint where this feeling is What's coming from. What's the root of it? Yeah. Uh, some of our students, when we were out there, we were just getting stuff ready. They came over mm-hmm. and they were looking at them and they're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is me. Yeah. And so this is not just some backwoods church guy or whatever put this together no these, these are psychologists these are doctors uh we, we what we put together for you guys is all stuff that is being taught and uh produced all around the world by top-notch people so take advantage of of these resources yes, scan the qr code at the table it'll take you to a website Books, vlogs, that has so yeah, much more yeah. than we could even print out um, lots of resources so <clears throat> here's the special sauce is what i've been calling it today okay the special sauce is this time over time that's what you need to get time over time that's is the secret sauce for this this um this conversation today um one of the things that we're going to do this, this series is we, we put a lot of stuff in our app. I keep going back to our app and the message notes. There's, it's hard for us to put some screens on. And so it's better for us to put some of these one-liners and these things that these thoughts that have helped us, but also are helping families all around the world in those notes. And so I encourage you, if you're like, man, I really like what they said. If I could just apply that, what was that? It's in our notes. Pretty much it's in there. But one of those sticky note things is one of the things that we see this is families um, don't need a, a better picture, but they need a, a bigger story is really what it is. Most of us have this idea of, uh, of picture-perfect families. And as we're going to find out later in this series, that's not what necessarily God uses. God uses this bigger story, these broken people. And so what is your story? What, what is your story of time? What is your story of um, your brother or a sister who has to take the spiritual lead in a home? If you don't think that exists, you should just come to youth one night. Mm-hmm. Like this is an ongoing conversation that needs to happen because it's not happening enough. 
we're not talking about the next generation and what your role is in that enough. So it's going to take time for us to unravel this a little bit. Today we're talking about time in you uh, individually. We all have this window of time, like Casey was just talking about. If we're not careful, we're going to miss it. And what we do with that time is so critical right now. What you may think that, well, that one time that I did do and I spoke into this kid's life, that was great. And it probably was. It was wonderful. Or maybe your, your son or daughter's life, you prayed with them one time. That's awesome. But here's the thing. I want you to make history with these kids. I want you to make history with your, your neighbor, your, the people you contact with. God has given us specific phases, specific people that have come into our time at a, at a certain time that is God-ordained. And if we don't live with eyes open, truly, you will miss it. You may think that your eyes are open, but you're, you're caring about the wrong thing because you're not seeing the effects of it later down, down the, the road, the path. And so today, I want, us to ch- I want to challenge you. Do what you're do. Put God as the filter, put it up front, and do it time over time over time over time. Because, what's the, what's the saying? You probably know this. Rome wasn't built in a what? Day. Right. Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither is novels. Novels aren't written in a day, typically. You know, a car isn't necessarily built in completion in a day. Uh, the Duck Dynasty guys with the germ-filled gray-haired beards, you know what I'm talking about? Like way down here. Those aren't built in a day. Look, I'm trying, okay? <laughs> like, things take time. They take time. And the same thing with our relationships. How about that? I, I, we thought about this. Casey and I dated four years before we tied the knot and said that we, yes, we do, right? Four years. And when on our wedding day, I thought that I knew this lady. I was like, yes, I know her. That's why I'm marrying her, because I know her. We're meant to be. Fast forward 18 years later, I go, I had no clue who this chick was. <laughs> I didn't know who I was. I was going to say, because I didn't know who I was. We didn't know who no. we were. It took time. It took disagreements. It took arguments. It took failing so many times. It took forgiveness so many times over to get to a foundation that we feel like we're able to build something off of. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that it is, it's time. Time is a huge ordeal with this. But a lot of us, we, we tend to take shortcuts, don't we? I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. We, we want to fast track it. We can even see what we want, so we're going to try to fast track it. It doesn't work like that. I've heard it said that there's no such thing as instant faith or character. You can't just turn it on and go, whoo, hallelujah, I'm good for the rest of my life. No, you, you have to, cont- time after time after time, and you have to work on it. There's going to be scars and bruises. There's going to be broken bones, and that's what God uses. But most of us go, fix me up quick, because this hurts. I get that. But it takes time, uh, like a, I said this during first service, it's like a fine wine. It, it, it ages with time, right? Or a, a marinade, like it, this, this, I've used this illustration before, like barbecue. Like, I'm hungry, y'all. That's, I just, 
Like it, as, if you smoke it over, over uh, hours, it's really, really good and tender. But if you do it too early, it ruins it. Like my vegetable soup. It's okay on day one, day yes. three. Same with Oreo Surprise. Yes. We got to move on. I this know. is not good. Not Let's good pray at all. and head out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I be, like I said, I believe that God has given us certain people. No matter what your phase you're in, maybe you don't have kids or anything. Let's phrase it this way. God has given you certain people at certain times, but if we're not careful, we'll miss it because a lot of us see the problem, not the person. We walk through Walmart and Targets and Starbucks and all these places, and we see people as problems, not, not people that God created. When's the last time that you saw your child as someone that God created in his image? When our redheads are sassy and all that, that's the only hope I have is to say, Dadgummit, you were made in the image of God, because right now this is not working. <laughs> right? We need to start looking at people as the way God sees them in his image. And if we could start seeing people and our kids like they're made in the image of God, we may have a better world. A world that God is intending on us to live. Life to the fullest. But the secret sauce is what? Time over time. Time over time. I want Casey to say something before we get there. I want to open up a can, if I can, with this thought. I think, nope, rewind. I'm so scared right now. I believe, I believe that, and, and we can blame it on COVID, we can blame it on whatever, but I believe that families as a whole have put their opinions and their desires and their passions before the kingdom of God. And it's showing more now than ever before. Look at what Matthew 6, 32 through 33 says. It says, Gentiles long for all these things, meaning they have all these desires, all these wants, all these things here that they're wanting. And he moves on and he says, your heavenly father knows that you need, that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And look how he ends this. And all these things will be given to you as well. It's not a reverse where you, you get all the desires and all these things. No, no, no. It's a it's switch. When you are having everything through a kingdom mind filter, that's when you see God work and that's when you become fulfilled. You may get extra jobs, so you have all, these mo- all this money. You may have an awesome house. You may have the perfect target picture family. You, know, you, you may have all those things, but there's going to come a time, whether it's right now or later, that you're going to miss out on what God has intended you to miss out or intended you to, to have, and you will miss the fullness that God wants you to have. Here, here's what's awesome. After first service, we were walking out, and um, this guy comes up to me, and um, he has uh, a daughter that is his granddaughter, but she lives with him full time. And he said, Chase, I just want you to know, I think I finally get it. I think I finally, and I said, okay, tell me more. He said, because really what she needs is not that grandpa's the best or grandma's the best, but that Jesus is the best. And everything that I do and say with her in the car, I need that to be a reminder because when 
by the time she's 30, I'm not going to be here. Mm. Holy cow. <laughs> this, is a, this is a guy that I know and I, and I love dearly. And to hear him say these words, by the time she's blank, I won't be around. So I finally get it. Jesus is the most important thing. He's had several kids before that. <laughs> I need you guys and myself to have, be, have this conversation over and over and over, whether it's at a table or not. Jesus is the most important thing. Above academics, above sports, above shopping, above Starbucks, above whatever, like whatever you're putting in front of God, you need to replace it now. Because time is of the essence. You are not promised tomorrow. Scripture says it's like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. The kingdom of God is at stake and we have to acknowledge it. Jesus is the answer. When I was a kid, um, I grew up in a Christian home uh, my dad was a pastor, so that made me really bad. I'm just going to be honest, right? Like, it's always the pastor's kids. Um, I wasn't too bad, but I was just enough bad, right? Um, but one thing I do remember is table talks. Table talks, meaning, it, some of you guys will know this, some of you may not, but has anyone ever heard of the Andy Griffith Show? Yes? Yeah? Okay, cool. Online, I can't see your hands, but I'm sure you have. <laughs> You youngsters, you need to literally watch the Andy Griffith show. You're missing out. Mm -hmm. People actually walked barefooted on the gravel, and it didn't hurt. It was cool. (laughs) Um, They, Aunt B, which was part of the the storyline, Aunt B was always cooking meals that had them in mind. My mom at the dinner table. There was something about dinner time when I would be out in the woods and I'd be playing, having forts and like, you know, going crazy. And then I would, I would hear, hey, time for dinner. I come running in and we sit down at the table. It was not cell phone on the table, iPad on the table, the laptop on the table like we're doing. We're being bad examples of what that should look like right now. But um, it wasn't any of that. And we actually had each other and we had conversations that lasted way beyond the dinner time. I'm not trying to be like, man, that older generation knew what was up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a principle that still continues today. At our table, we don't have any devices. I'm just kidding. We, my daughter Wait, has literally headphones. I'm like, device down, <laughs> device down. And then Emerson's on his phone. I gotta get my Snapchat, you know, I gotta get the snaps in, right? And then my youngest is going, Dad, can I have your phone? Can I have your phone? That's how she talks. Uh, right now, because she's three. Don't judge her for that. Um, but it was a table talk. And I, I brought that up to Casey and I said, there, There's four chairs here that represent four conversations. Today we're talking about time. Uh, next week, we're, we got a great, great service planned for you guys to talk about the rhythm. Uh, creating a rhythm. And then the next week, we got, we're going to bring uh, Eddie to the table, and he's going to talk about hope for the broken home. There's so many people that are going through broken homes, and what, how can we make God, a, 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 God the priority even in a broken home? What does that look like? And then the last conversation I'm going to have is, uh, what does it look like to have a sticky faith that lasts? Graduation Sunday's coming up on the 22nd. We're going to parallel those things. Like, how do you continue this faith journey that lasts? 
But I was just talking to Casey. I was like, I really love the, the table, like conversations at the table. Well, she said, well, you know there's stats for that, right? I was like, that's why you're brilliant. What I told are the- you I was a dork. No, you're not a dork. You're just smart. Like, what, what are those stats? It was like mind-boggling. So Harvard did a study, and 84% of parents agree that family dinner time is important, but only 30% of families manage to eat together regularly. Mm. But they found out of those 30% that managed to have a time together to eat, out of that, the kids are more likely to choose healthy food and less likely to be overweight. They perform better academically. They're less likely to engage in risky behavior like drugs and alcohol. They have better relationships with their parents. They have fewer emotional and behavioral problems. They have a greater emotional well-being. They're more trusting, and they have helpful behaviors towards others. And they have just a general higher life satisfaction. Now, what they found is that these families are not um, like Leave it to Beaver, mom's in the apron, they have a four-course dinner, you know. This is averaging out to about 15 minutes a night is what these families are spending together. And this is the result you can get if you invest 15 minutes a night with your family are these kind of behaviors mm. and, and life change that happens spending that time with your kids. And if you're like, oh, I don't have 15 minutes, I, I challenge you to look at your, the time that you're spending on your phone. For me, I, I, I have it set up every single week that gives me a report. And there's times where I've spent six, I think it was the last one, was six and a half hours on my phone. Tell me you don't have 15 minutes to, sh- to share Jesus with your kids and neighbors and people. The facts are the facts. Table talks are important. And you can have that for just nineteen ninety five if you'll just go out to our <laughs> desk up there. No, we'll get, we'll get you a little Caesar's pizza. That's about all nineteen ninety five will give you these days. But table talks. Uh, Casey, as we start to wrap up, what, there was this verse that you um, told me last night that sort of put me in... Um, put me in my place a little bit because I'm like, for those that are like, where's the Bible in this? You gave me a scripture verse, but where else is it? You know, (laughs) this one verse just shut me up real quick. What what was that? Um, And before I read it, I just, I want to say that we're not going to be able to tell you how to be perfect parents. We're not going to give you a checklist. And, And if you do an hour-long dinner with your family every single night for as long as you have them at home, you're still not going to be a perfect parent because you're human. Mm -hmm. And we can't tell you how to raise perfect kids because every kid is going to mess up. Every 10-year-old is going to back talk. Every 14-year-old is going to sneak and be on their phone. It's going to happen because they're human. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is give you tools and ideas and challenge you on how to be the kind of parent that guides your kids to Jesus and how to raise kids that look to Jesus before they look to anything else Mm -hmm. because we're going to mess up. We do all day, every day, even when we try our best. Um, So when we were talking about this and talking about the series, we are telling you to fight for your family. Mm -hmm. And there are families in here that Mm -hmm. I know and love that are struggling, that that are are ready to Mm -hmm. kick this all over and be done. And I know that. And I know the hurt. And I know the trauma. And I know the tragedy. And I want to encourage you to come back each week. There's so much that I want to say right now, but then we'll be here all day and we'll have nothing to talk about for the rest of the month. 
So uh, I'm begging, if you are in a season where you're struggling, come back. If you're in a season where you're not struggling, come back so you can help the families that Mm -hmm. are struggling Mm -hmm. because that's what God's called us to do. But we're, we're telling you to fight for your family and to count the days because time matters so much. And you can make such a difference with it. And we've told you that we're going to help you connect your kids to a bigger story. And this all sounds really impossible. If I was sitting in your seat, I would say, I can't do that. I can barely make it through a day. You have no idea what it's like in my house right now. And believe me, I know, because there are nights where dinner is chicken nuggets, or we call them fin nights because the kids have to fin for themselves. (laughs) I'm like, all right, spin night, open up the cabinet, whatever you want. Don't even ask me, you can have it. I get it. Laundry is my biggest enemy in life right now, y'all. Clothes keep getting dirty. Really? And I keep washing them, and they keep wearing them, and then they get dirty again. And, oh, my word, like, just when I die, just throw all the laundry in with me because (laughs) that is how I feel like I'm going to go out, seriously. (laughs) So it's a struggle for me to have kids in clean clothes all the time. I, I get it. And so you're saying, how am I supposed to feed my kids, keep them clean, put them in clothes, make sure they go to school, all that stuff, and then add this faith thing to my plate? What am, how do I do that? But I'm not going to ask you to add a single thing to your plate. I just want you to look at your plate. Look at your schedule mm-hmm. differently. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, this is Moses, and he's talking to the Israelites. And he says, the commandments I give to you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you are at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed and speak about them when you get up. Write them down and tie them on your hands as a reminder. Also tie them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses. Also write them on your gates. Okay, that might sound like a lot. <laughs> like, okay, I've got to write stuff that I don't know what to do. It could be a list, but break it down with me. How many of you guys, if you have kids in your house, you either wake them up in the morning or they wake you up in the morning too, possibly sometimes. We, we have to wake up kids in the morning. All right, how many of you ride in the car with your kids, whether you're driving or they're driving, at least some point in the day, taking them to school or daycare? Um, I don't, I'm not even going to look because I'm a mandatory reporter. Is everyone feeding their kid? Because yeah. I, I have to probably fill out some forms if you say you're not. You're probably feeding your kid at least one meal a day at home, even if they eat breakfast and lunch at school. Um, bedtime at our house right now is still a little bit of a struggle. When it's younger kids, it's extremely hands-on, literally. Don't get out of this bed again. Um, older kids, it's more... Like, hey, don't forget to brush your teeth or make sure your Chromebook's charged for tomorrow. You're just kind of saying something as they fall asleep to remind them about their day. And I am a grown woman. I've been an adult for many, many, many years. But I still talk to my parents every single day. In fact, I missed one day this past week, and my dad was so mad at me. Like, (laughs) oh, man, I got in trouble. Um, but even as parents with very adult children, my mom and dad still have these moments in a day with me and my brother. And all of these moments are moments that you're already parenting. So this is what Moses was saying in that scripture. He was saying that there is a natural flow to our days from waking our kids up in the morning all the way until we put them to bed at night, when we're traveling to school and to work, when we're eating. So What if the very best way for you to parent your kids in whatever phase they're in, as adults or whatever, is to use these natural times to make a difference? What if 
you woke up your teenager in the morning reminding them of a promise that God has for them. Hey, Caitlin, it's time to get up. God is for you today. We're gonna have a great day today. Jesus makes you enough. Let's go on the day. Or what if when you're driving in the car and you have your preteen in the car, what if you just say, hey, is there a friend that we can pray for? Is somebody on your mind or your heart? You wanna pray for a friend right now? Or if it's at bedtime, and I'm guilty of this, as you're walking in and you're kicking piles of dirty clothes and empty snack containers or whatever, and you're just griping about their room, just pause for a minute as you're putting them to bed and ask two questions. What's the best thing that happened to you today? And what's the worst thing that happened to you today? And then when they go to bed, pray and thank God for that best thing and ask God to help you with the bad things. And see, you really haven't added anything to your plate or to your day except you're intentional. You just lived your entire day with your kids with intention, pointing them to Jesus. Because it's not about how much you do, it's about how you do it. Mm -hmm. You do not have to wake up your family at 5 a.m. to do a devotional every morning. You don't have to try to cram Jesus into one or two weeks out of the summer, like we're gonna just go get away and camp and read the Bible (laughs) the entire time. Because if you try to put God on a checklist, yeah. you're never going to check him off. That's right. Life is too busy. Life is too crazy. So what you're going to have to do is put God in the everyday. Life is so busy. But if you can show your kids how to see God from the moment they wake up to everything that they do without the day until they go to sleep at night, hmm. you are parenting with intention. Secret sauce, time over time. Because what you do every week matters more when you keep doing it. When you keep doing it. Did you hear that? Yeah. Did it go off? It's out. Okay. So what I'm saying (laughs) is this. Uh, Do you want to tell them about the legacy? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you just hush. All right, I got this. (laughs) Sit back, Chase. So, no, Chase and I talked about it, and I hate that I'm stealing your thunder on it because it's a great line. What we talked about is legacy. Because legacy is not really thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave a name for myself. I'm going to make myself famous so that when I'm gone, people are going to remember me. A true legacy is making God famous. That when you're gone, you've planted seeds that people know who God is. And a lot of times, even as parents now, we worry about what we're going to leave our kids. Our inheritance. Right now, it's debt at this point. Here we go. Our, yeah, our oldest son, Jakey. Thank Thanks. You of everyone. Yes. He's not really our oldest son. But we, we talked about inheritance and what we can leave for our kids. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing is time over time is how you build a legacy. And one of the things that we found is that legacy is not becoming famous. Legacy is not your kid becoming your best friend, unfortunately. Like, it's not. That's not what you're here to do. Legacy is not leaving an inheritance Uh, for someone. What we found is that an inheritance is what you leave for someone, right? A legacy is what you leave in someone. What what are you leaving in someone today? Are you valuing this time, this knowledge? Because I think as I look across and I've talked to people out there and I've just, I've I've felt, I felt the burden and the pain of, of people today. And a lot of you and myself are just tired. And you're trying to control something that you can't do. It's, it's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not your job. 
But what your role is, is to actually put it into tangible action steps, maybe at a dinner table for 15 minutes. So that you can leave a legacy in your kids. That's why every week is important. Every day is important. I want us to be a church filled with history makers, not best friends with with our kids. History makers. You can be a friend. You can be that for them. But the best thing that you're ever going to do for your kid is to make sure that you are telling them and putting in, stealing in them that Jesus is the most important thing in their life. Because when you get to eternity, you can't take any of this with you. The riches, the fame, the best friendships, like that's earthly things. The most important thing is that you have a relationship with Jesus. So maybe, just maybe, we can spend eternity together. Jesus says, I go and I prepare a place for you. Can you imagine the place that he's preparing for us? And we're down here like ants scattered, worrying about bills and likes and snaps over time over time what you do and what you say matters if you're on the brink of just wiping all this away can I challenge you please don't give up don't give up take your pride away and instill good godly principles into your kids. Don't give up. The way I want to wrap up today is just with this statement. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to value what happens over time. When you start to notice time is going away, you start to value, dang, I got to do something with this. That's my challenge for you today. Was this help for for anybody today? Anybody in this place? Was it helpful? Yeah. Will you pray with me? Jesus. Oh, man. This is hard. This is hard stuff. It's not easy. But I want to make sure that we live with eyes wide open. I want to make sure that we are intentional with our time. So, Father, will you just please open our eyes? to the people you bring in our, in our paths, to our kids, to our grandkids. Lord, help us to see that it, we need to t- make it a priority. Jesus, I know that there's probably in a room this size and the thousands watching online that there's probably someone that don't know you. That's the first step. Today, if there's someone in this room or maybe you're watching online, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's real simple. All you have to do is just pray this prayer and have this heart change. If that's you today and you want a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you want to be reintroduced to Jesus, will you simply just repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner, and I've made some major mistakes. Will you save me? From this day forward, I call you Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.
If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.